yeah, I'm, I'm just enjoying myself, which I hadn't done in a long time. Today I'm chatting with Guy Armitage, who is now playing rugby league with Toulouse Olympique in the Super League. He's previously played in the Premiership with London Irish and Wasps, but his career has been anything but an easy ride. He has spent time in the Championship and in the second tier of rugby league. He chats about the struggles he has had over the past few years, trying to get contracts, going on trial with different clubs, living in hotel rooms, and at one point being close to leaving full-time rugby to become a teacher. Guy opens up about mental health struggles that he's had. He talks about times he had low self-worth and how he essentially was shutting himself off from his teammates, his friends. He talks about how he broke down just before a team meeting and then subsequently was advised to see a counsellor. He talks so openly about his experiences what he has learned is the best way to deal with these and I just want to from the outset say fair play to him because a lot of the things he talks about I know are really common but they're things we usually don't talk about because it's it's tough so hats off to him for having the strength and courage to do so he gives some great tips for if you are ever struggling as a rugby player or as a person and also talks about what he is doing now to help others that are struggling with their mental health. So shortly, here's episode number 37 with Guy Armitage. A lot of people stress about money. Where should you be investing? Are you prepared if there's a crash? And loads more. And if you're not an expert, finances can be really daunting. I know the people at Sparks Wealth and they're brilliant. What they do is they educate you on your finances without any jargon. They create a personalized plan for you and manage your money so that it's working for you and so that you don't need to be worrying about it. You can book a free, no obligation Zoom call now on their website, sparkswealth.ie. How is life in Toulouse? How has that switch been? Ah, it's been, been awesome. Been really good. Been on it for about a year now. But, um, yeah, really enjoying it out here with my wife and just just enjoying the weather, enjoying the culture. So, yeah, it's all good. Yeah, and you switched to league a couple of years ago. So how how's that been? That uh, that kind of switch? Because were you did you play any league when you were younger? No, none at all. I suppose it kind of depends who you know if you're near any league clubs or anything, but um. Didn't know anyone that played league, so I didn't play league. Um, it's only when I must have been 27. Um, someone gave my number to the Hull FC coach, and um, and he told him that I was looking for a club and it might be worth giving me a shot. So I went on trial at Hull FC for a couple of weeks. Played a played a couple of games for the reserve size. Just kind of enjoyed it. No, nothing came of it. They put me in touch with someone at London Broncos. Um, went on trial there for six weeks, and uh, they they signed me for a year and a half. So from there, I kind of just stuck with it. <laughs> but no, it's it's been good. How I got there, someone yeah, someone passing my number along and spoke to my dad. He was like, "This could be good." <laughs> so I was like, "Might might as well have a crack." 
Yeah, nice. Random. So you were playing with uh, Ealing at the time, was in, cha- in the champ, and then sort of just end your contract. You're just like, oh, see what, see what we can get. Yeah. So um, I was speaking to I was speaking to Doncaster Knights at the time. Um, I think they they offered me a two year deal, and I went for a two week trial instead. <laughs> so <laughs> it was yeah. It wasn't the obvious decision, but it looked like a really interesting way to go. And I thought, well, while I'm able to to play and do these things, I thought it would be be something worth doing. So, so I went up to Hull, lived in a hotel for a couple of weeks, and um, got to learning pretty quickly. Yeah, and how how's that been? Like not playing at all, and then switching. Ah, uh, been been pretty hard so <laughs> there's a, um, a lot to take in really so because I I joined mid-season I was straight into the season with with London Broncos um, they're in the Super League at the time fighting relegation um, I must have played two games of rugby league <laughs> and I ended up being put on the bench for um, for Broncos against Catalan Dragons away I was meant to just be traveling, um, just kind of, we were in Perpignan for four days. He was like, get to know the boys, like, that'd be a good, good way to bond. Uh, one of the players' passports, the picture was too damaged, so the airport wouldn't let him fly. So we, all, we were all laughing until we realized they weren't actually going to let him on the plane. <laughs> wow. So from there, the coach was like, um, look, I'm... Going to put you on the bench this weekend, so you're you're gonna make your debut. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, pretty pretty random how I got the opportunity, but we actually we actually won that game and kind of kept hopes alive to to stay in the Super League. Ended up playing the week after against Hull KR away, so I played four games in the Rugby League, two of them were Super League. Um. Went down on points difference in the end, but like it was, it was a steep, steep learning curve. That's and that has been good. Yeah, that's. Uh, I've heard a few random stories about how people get breaks. It's usually you know someone gets an injury and then you're you get a chance and whatever. But uh, someone having a damaged passport and getting in that way that's definitely a first. Yeah. Yeah, and so then after um, Broncos, did you kind of think? Like league, I'm just gonna stick with this, or were you still keeping the options open to go back to Union? Um, so they signed me for for the next season as well. So I had my first first full preseason of league, played four games, and then because of COVID, the season got cancelled. So I ended up just spent most of my time in Devon with my parents. <laughs> Might as well go to the countryside and enjoy some fresh air. Um, kind of yeah, season played out looking for a contract. I um actually signed for Ottawa Aces about um a month before preseason started. They decided to push it back a year because of uh, well yeah, they, no games were being played in Canada, so sponsors didn't want in. So it was kind of that that ended before it began, which is unfortunate because I think it would have been awesome. I think they've well they're now um. Cornwall Rugby League, so <laughs> re- relocated a bit. Um, 
from there, found myself looking for a contract again. And Elwa Policier, he um, played with the Broncos in France. And he was like, there's a team here in the second division who are looking for a fullback. <laughs> I told him you could play fullback. Are you keen? I was like, yeah, sweet. <laughs> when did they name me? I was like, you can fly it in a week. So I spoke to my wife and I was like, what do you think? She was like, let's go. <laughs> Yeah. So we went out um, after three training sessions, season cancelled because of COVID. <laughs> I was like, oh, amazing. Um, but I was at Toulouse Olympique and he just put me in contact with the coach. And he was like, look, come on trial for four weeks, see how that goes and we'll see what happens. So I went on trial for four weeks and they signed me for the rest of the season, which was last season. Um, rough start after not playing rugby for what turned out to be a year but i got a couple of games we went unbeaten and got promoted promoted to the super league they resigned me and i'm here now i've played played every game this season so i've played yeah the six games so far and we beat st ellen's the weekend so it's it's been good but i'm finding my feet Nice. And so do you play, you play out of the same stadium as the union team to lose. And do you like, are you linked in a way or is there a connection there? Um, before the COVID stuff hit, they had, they had a few joint training sessions, but there's not been as much with the risk of putting two squads together and, mm and a possible spread of COVID. So there, there's not been not been as much interaction, but the coaches speak and I think if things clear up a little bit, then they might be open to, to those training sessions again because I think they just kind of learn from each other and always, if you can learn something from someone else, I think you probably should. So I think they're open to that. Yeah, for sure. That'd be cool. And um, are facilities and all that decent? Like, because obviously the club was in the lower leagues and then going up. But um, yeah, like, what's the gym, training, all that kind of stuff like? Um, what have we got? So it's all in France. Everything's kind of owned by the mayor, and like they take care of the grounds and everything else. And we got a gym in. Like, I wouldn't call it it. Not temporary, but like mm. we've got everything we need inside of it, basically. So, uh, I would say port cabins, but everything you need is inside, and you got a good team spirit. Put put a ping pong table in there, and the boys will be fine. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, how was it during COVID? Like not playing for a year, and then like you're a rugby player, and you're looking for contracts, and like COVID's difficult for everyone, but um. That mustn't have been easy. No, no, not at all. And because of everything going on, I knew it wasn't just me. I had mates all over the country looking for contracts and like not just like any level of player. You got good players looking for clubs going into the championship in and out and everyone's looking for something. So it's been really difficult. Um I think it's just trying to kind of keep your head screwed on and trying to think of why you're training because I think for a bit boys find it hard to keep pushing themselves without knowing what was going on or where they were going. So it's about finding finding one or one or two mates that 
you can still meet, go go for a run, go do weights with, have a coffee and catch up, and kind kind of keep routine. Because with COVID, like being isolated a bit, I think everyone found it a bit difficult. But it wasn't just the training you were missing; it was the the camaraderie and everything else. It it was the morning chats, the catch ups, the sharing the stories. You you were missing more than just just running around and playing rugby. So it was complete change of lifestyle. So I think yeah, it's been it's been difficult for everyone, but it's just about fine. That's when you start looking for why <laughs> why am I doing this? I'm doing this because I want to provide for my family, and you start looking <laughs> a lot deeper when things get tough. So a bit of soul searching. Yeah, and uh, with the different like trial periods, you said there like a few different times going on trial. How was that? Because like. I can imagine that's like very nerve wracking. Like, like you say, you're trying to get a job essentially, you know, like you're trying to get a contract, you're trying to get a job and it's like, you're such a short period to impress. Like how, how were those trials and did you, I don't know, learn anything from the first one to then when you're going on trial for a second time or say later down the line? Um, it's, it's difficult. So you know you've got a two-week period. There's not enough time to get to know everyone, so it's not a case of building friendships. I need to, <laughs> I need to show them what I can do in a very short amount of time. So there's no time. I'm quite, quite a shy, laid-back person. <laughs> like I need to, I, yeah, I basically need to go out there and show them what I can do. So I trained that first one at Hull FC. I never had any league training, so I had one training session and then went, um, the reserves are playing at the weekend. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna play just show us what you can do. Right. Right. No one's taught me how to play the ball yet. <laughs> like so simple things, I'm like, how long do you how long do you pin someone on the floor for? Because rugby union, tackle, roll away. <laughs> so I would hit someone. Right, yeah, good hit. Let them go, they're like, what are you doing? Stay on top. <laughs> like yeah it, it took took a lot to think about but it was and is still rugby <laughs> when i've got the ball don't get tackled and they've got it tackle so that first weekend i was like I'm not got enough time to learn everyone's names rugby league you're pretty organized i asked my winger's name guy inside me i was like if i can just break it down. If I can just organize myself with these two, then I should be fine. So, like, okay, I think I scored, I scored a couple of tries and kind of, I still, still get mates with, with the wing that played outside me that day. Part of, really important part of my journey. I'm like, if you weren't a nice bloke, <laughs> then I probably would have struggled for a bit. But when I got there, it was like, you're living in a hotel. Do you want to go for a coffee? I was like, yeah. I do, thank you. <laughs> but like, yeah, it's just about well having confidence in yourself because if you don't, the coaches are just like, well, you're here on trial. It's up to you to show us what you can do. <laughs> you know what we're about. We're the team. Um, so I played that game. Had a game the week after. And at the end of it, um, he was like, um, I'm sorry, but... Realistically, if we sign you, I can't promise you game time and you need to play. So <laughs> it was 
like at the end of the day it is a business but I'm just glad he was he was honest with me like he if he had signed me and not played me then I would have, I would have been frustrated and angry I'd be like, why'd you sign me mm. but he was like I know there's someone at London Broncos and you're a good player so I think you should I think you should keep going so he put me in touch with them and that's when I went to it was Lee Radford who was the coach at the time He's now at Castleford Tigers. They put me in touch with Danny Ward at London Broncos. And he was like, I think, I think there might be something down there for you. I thought, well, it's an opportunity. I, I just need a chance. I spoke to my family again. I was like, look, I'm, I will get a job at some point. You just got, got to trust that if I have enough time, then this will, this will work out. Um, so I went down there and it's just a case of case of learning one of the main differences is the wrestling that was something i wasn't used to I mean, realize the boys have been wrestling since they were eight years old yeah. <laughs> watching mma and everything else you're like oh, i've just been pinned down i don't know what just happened <laughs> it's all all second nature but it's i think it's been really really interesting learning new skills and i felt you know i felt refreshed and going into a new environment, listening to new ideas, meeting new people, kind of gave me like so. <laughs> There's a breath of fresh air, really. So, nice. No, no, it's been a good experience. Yeah, the uh, we've done. I play union, and we've uh, done some wrestling trainings. I'm in North America, so it's like kind of people do it, but. Uh, it's unreal training, but it's very different. All right, from rugby contact skills, like clearing out a rook and actually being like grappling and all that stuff. And uh, yeah, if someone's done it, if someone's wrestled in high school or whatever, and you're going up against them, they they're just so much better. And it's definitely a steep learning curve. But is there a lot yeah. of that kind of training in league? Like you're you're doing a lot of grappling, a lot of wrestling. Preseason, my first league preseason was hell. <laughs> More running than I'd ever done. Wrestling two, three times a week. And you'd wrestle on your knees, so it was basically all technique. There was no <laughs> momentum. Yeah. You just kind of moving. And if you try and attack, they're waiting for an opening. And I'm like, all right, okay. <laughs> there's game plans. There's ways to go about different people. And you're like, big guy, you know, hold off a little bit. <laughs> but no, it's been... It's uh, definitely a skill, a really, really big skill. But one I've enjoyed learning, and I'm still learning now. So, well, well, we do it every week, and there's there's always something I'm taking away from it. Yeah, nice one. And uh, you mentioned there, like talking to your family or whatever, like, oh, I will get a contract, and having to keep going. Like, have there ever been times where you thought of giving up and just going down a different route? Yeah. So. I've had, well, I've had a few injuries along my career and looking for contracts. Um, three years ago, before I switched to league, I did, well, consider just like going going part-time and kind of seeing what I wanted to do. I spoke to spoke to a couple of clubs, um, like National One, and they were like, well, come play for us and we train you up as a teacher. I was like, might might be a teacher. <laughs> My dad was um I could tell from his reaction he was kinda of like, I don't 
think you're done. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm really excited. I could be a teacher. Like, <laughs> I could teach young minds. <laughs> I could just go be good. He's like, I don't know. But it was around that time that um that I ended up going on trial in rugby league. And it was about the time where I was open to going part-time and kind of using my rugby to make my way into the world. So I think in a way it kind of allowed me to to have a go and think, well, if this doesn't work out, then I'm just going to go teach anyway. So it was a kind of a chance to like have one last go, really. Yeah, I think that was, that's probably the closest I've met with them, met they were like, right, come back, we'll put you in touch with the school, we'll live here, you'll do this. I was like, yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nice. And uh, do you then, like when you've got that close to quitting or, you know, what, trying something else, not quitting because you're still going to be part, semi-pro or whatever, part-time, but um, are you then, I suppose, a bit more grateful, like, uh, for when you do get these contracts and like when you're playing now because it's kind of like a bonus nearly yeah yeah it's kind of oh, extra life kind of <laughs> like well you were close to not playing it's happened it's happened a few times but it kind of puts things in um perspective this is when i was younger out of school kind of signed for london irish and i was like well this is how the world works i thought you just you just get contracts and everything's fine. Yeah. <laughs> There's not no issues about injuries or whether clubs even want you. That's something you don't consider. <laughs> like, oh, why don't you go there? I'm like, that club has to want you. <laughs> it's not just go where you want to go. You need to see who needs what and whether whether that's going to be good for you. So, but yeah, when when you kind of do get that close. Just like I am a lot more grateful now that I can still play because every year I've got I've got a mate or two that just retires through just because it's it's hugely frustrating. It it takes a toll. So you got the guys that play every week and then you got the guys that don't. So I've been I've been on both sides and when when you're not playing you kind of wondering what you're doing you're losing self-worth a little bit and like there were times when i just like stopped speaking to people and i'm like well i'm a rugby player and if i'm not playing rugby then who am i <laughs> like it's like that's the position you get to so like i'm now more open to speaking to people about it which is which is a lot better for for me and whoever else to to kind of open up about it but um yeah, it's it's hard, but now I'm like, I'm I'm aware, <laughs> I'm aware that I'm grateful and that there's not it's not a given that I'm playing rugby. Like this <laughs> COVID injuries contracts, it could end at any point. So I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm just enjoying myself, which I hadn't done in a long time. Because when you play because you need to, or it's your job, it's your livelihood and everything else, it puts a lot of stress on your body and your mind and that's when things can get difficult. But I feel I I feel relaxed or I feel good at the moment. So yeah, I'm I'm in a good place and back to enjoying it. But it's not it's not not easy to get to that point 
So yeah, um, I do feel like I've got <laughs> a bit of freedom at the moment. Brilliant. And uh, so was there like a period of time like that you just simply weren't enjoying being a rugby player? Um, so there was a little, I say, I think it's harder when you're fit and not playing actually, because when people ask why you're not playing, that's when you gotta <laughs> give give them a response. I London Irish, I had a knee operation. I was like, look, my knee's in a brace. No one asked questions about that. They let me go. Went to London Welsh, had a great season. I played thirty games. It's from there when I signed for Wasps that I found difficult because I thought like I was coming off the back of my best season. And because of the sheer quality of players around me, like Kylie Swin, Elliot Daly, Jimmy Goffus, Curtly Beale, by just because of who I was around, my opportunities were few and far between. Um, I'd moved from London to... I was living in uh, near Coventry. I was living alone. Um, it was long distance at the time with my, my now wife. She moved to London. Um, I found that I wasn't playing, so I wasn't talking to people. Because I thought, why do you want to speak to me? I'm not playing. I've got no news for you. It was, yeah, it was, it was tough. Um, at the time I was like, I'm fit. I don't understand why I'm not playing. But when I'm looking back, you got coaches under pressure. It's a, there's there's a lot more that's not just about you. It's a, there's a lot that comes down to it. But um, I found I, I wouldn't go for coffees with the boys. I just train, go home. I stopped. Stopped speaking to my old schoolmates that I saw every week when I was in London, and I didn't realise the effect that it would have on me. But really, I'd kind of cut myself off. And um, I'm just chatting to someone today about it. But it's weird that when you're when you're alone, you think the cure for loneliness is isolating yourself, <laughs> which is, it doesn't make sense when you think about it. I'm lonely. I'm not going to speak to anyone. Mm. When really, I. <laughs> Now I had to be one of the um, the welfare manager at the time. He was like, how are you? Just, uh, just how you ask that every day at training. Like, yeah, good mate, how are you? The odd reflex. Yeah. I just looked at me when he asked me again, like, how are you? And I just, I just started crying. Like, it was five minutes before a team meeting. And he was like, don't worry about the meeting. It's like, stay here and speak to me. And I just, it's the first time that kind of let someone know how I was feeling. I was frustrated. I felt felt alone. I was angry. I was just, just didn't really understand anything. I was like, I thought I was good at rugby. I'm not playing. I'm like, <laughs> all these thoughts that that were in my head that I just didn't tell anyone about. Not even even my teammates. And from there, he's like, there's up up to a point. He's like, I'm not qualified. You need to speak to a counselor. And he gave me a number and phoned, hung up, didn't speak to a counsellor. I was like, nothing wrong with me. <laughs> um, 
and three years later, <laughs> same kind of cycle again. Put me in touch, you need to speak to a counselor, but this time I actually, I actually spoke to one, this was two years ago. And actually before this call, I spoke to again. And like, just had a look and like we've had 74 sessions in two years. Like I'm, I'm in a good headspace because I'm airing out my thoughts. Like I'm, I would, yeah, before I'd be embarrassed to tell you this, but like it's, there's nothing wrong with it. I've, I felt embarrassed that I would need help or think that something's wrong with me, but it's not, it's not the case. And um, looking back at, back at Wasp, I met, met a couple of the boys and he was like, I knew you were struggling at the time, but I didn't know what to do. <laughs> it was a weird, I see it, you see it, won't say anything, don't know how to deal with it. But now, um, like those, those boys are like doing stuff now, a couple of retired, some are studying mental health and doing a degree and they're looking at ways to make it more accessible for people and um, just get, make, make it more comfortable, more normal to, to just be honest about how, how you're feeling. Because people are saying, oh, I don't want to bother you, so I'm not going to say it. You look like you're having a good day. I'm just, I'm not going <laughs> to, not going to tell you I'm actually feeling horrible. Mm. So you just don't. But like, yeah, we notice, but we just don't say anything. And I can, like, I can see it now. It's changing. I'm more open. I've, I have chats, uh, chats of training with boys with me for a coffee, and it's good. So I, every now and then I'll post something. I work with blokes charity, just spread awareness. And people don't always say stuff, but when I meet them in person, they're like, "Ah, oh, I saw that," and and it, and it helped. And they've had had a couple of calls with. Um, with some 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 qualified qualified businesses, and at the end had a little Q and A, and just like telling the story, and afterwards we get get the other message saying like what you said helped, and I've like I'm speaking to a counsellor now, and I'm like this is stuff that I didn't know when I was twenty odd years old, oh, even till a couple of years ago. I'm thirty now. I'm like, what what would it have taken for? someone a bit older to just be like, look, so it's, it's okay. Right. It seems simple, but it's, it's not because it's your emotions that you're speaking about. So it's, it's heavy. Yeah. That's incredible and fair play. And that's a uh, unreal strength in, in doing that because it's, it is the, the difficult thing to do is talk and not to shut yourself off. Um, and, I, I understand that as well when you're not having a good day and you just want to shut yourself off from everyone and not see anyone because I think it's you kind of don't want to bring them down either and you don't want to be seen in that way and yeah it's awful um and in the teams you've been in like so you had a welfare manager there like is it now like are there conversations happening or like is there more support or say with Toulouse now or would it be um, easier? I think Toulouse is a bit different because they're based in France and we're in an English league so it's not yeah. a case of someone popping by how it was at London Broncos there was someone that came by and 
had a few chats of them like they were very accessible and you they were there to listen and, and help if they could and you could tell that boys trusted like the person that came in which is massive you, you don't just want to open up to anyone yeah but um i think yeah at the moment in england where where it is is the case that people can just drive down the road it is um at the moment there in the club so we have bought a couple of people in there's there's a chaplain who's kind of in that role i suppose he's he's worked in a welfare role i met him for a coffee today and one of the boys said he's he's good for a chat and he's he's kind of doing that exact role unofficially i think just just to be there to listen and help whenever he can which is which is what you need so i think he said um well, he said he thought it would have taken him a year to get to this point but a few of the boys have already met him for a coffee and been very open and welcoming and i think that's a credit to the mindset of the senior boys to to be welcoming to to a new person in the group and be open to to talking and sharing ideas and seeing how they can help others so it's um if there aren't systems in place there there are usually people that are just good people which is all you need when it comes down to it good people want to help people so if you've got then you've 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 got a shot and more often than not you've got good people in your squad yeah and i just know as well when i was growing up certainly had like difficult times like like you say feeling worthless like not getting picked you're like i am literally that like useless i'm no good you just go into this spiral in thoughts and uh i would always have when i was younger 10 years younger would always have thought that it would be show such sign of weakness and if you'd think that if the coaches ever knew that then i was feeling like this and not strong that then i'm really done for yeah Deck. it's it's a tough one because coaches want confident players but uh, yeah. yeah which is a worry because boys don't want to show weakness you've got boys that carry injuries week after week because they want to play so it's injuries i thought like it's uh if i look like i'm being strong then i've got a better chance of getting picked so it's I think it's getting better. Um, so London Broker, I was, I was honest with him for the first time in my life. <laughs> um, at first it was the physio that was like, if you need to talk, let me know. Um, but then there were some, some training sessions where I, like, I just, I just had, I, I left the pitch. <laughs> like younger me would have just stayed and whatever else. I was like, I need, I need to take a moment. I, I, yeah, I literally walked off the pitch, went in the physio room, and he came out and I was like, it's okay. And I spoke to the head coach. I was like, look, I'm, I'm struggling at the moment, and I need help. And he was like, you, you do what you need to do to, to, to get better, to be better, to feel better within yourself. I thought, well, this is the first time I've felt like I could speak. Like I probably could have in the past, but I didn't through fear but I'm just kind of getting older and I'm like well if I'm not 
write or don't feel well, then I'm not going. I'm going to be no use to you on the pitch. So I think coaches are starting to understand that at the moment as well. And I I've been open with the with the Toulouse coach as well. So things that I would look, I'm not feeling myself at the moment. So if it looks like I'm being a bit reserved or it looks like I don't care or it looks like I just want to go home. It's not nothing to do with the club. It's it's me. So don't take me being quiet for not caring because I care. I care an awful lot. So it's just about being open and being able to communicate because if you don't, that's when people start to assume things. When people assume they're usually wrong. So it's, mm. yeah. If you can be open and communicate, it clears up a lot of stuff when people tend to take things personally if they don't know. Like, look, this is what's happening. Um, I'm trying to get help. And, like, don't worry. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be back. I'll be good. And when I'm ready, I'm, I'll be here to help the team. So yeah. I need to help myself before I can help the team. Yeah, that's such um such a good point um you make about communicating with coaches or other people just to let them know that you're not being your that you're not feeling yourself or you're just feeling off and that you're not a hundred percent um because yeah if you bottle those things up then coaches you know he doesn't care he's not putting the effort in he's whatever whatever um and yeah just having that word then coaches get more clarity and I know I coach now and literally. I coach girls and yeah if there's anything up you want you want to know because you want I don't know as a coach you want to help them be them best selves be it as a player or person just you know you want to help um so yeah you do want to know but do you think that yeah like just having those one-on-one conversations if someone is struggling a bit it's that's best like you know who your best friend is or best friend the team or best friend outside of the team and just start there and just have a chat with them yeah yeah definitely so um the thing is, it's not obvious. What's bad is that we've, we've all done it for so long, we're really good at seeming okay. We're, I've, I've been guilty of it. And if I can do it, anyone can do it. So mm. I think it's about noticing what's going on with certain players in the team. If someone's not been playing for a few weeks and they're fit, maybe kind of see how they are. And if they're injured or they've just got bad news, they say they're okay. They always do. I always did. Mm. Just kind of let them know that you're there for a chat. And once you do that, then they will they will weigh up if they want to speak to you or not. But just to know that someone's there makes makes it a lot easier. And it just kind of leaves the door open for them to be like, look, I do I do want to grab a coffee, I do want to have a catch up, I am struggling, I hate being injured, I hate not playing. I'm 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 here to play rugby, I'm a rugby player. So it's just yeah. Speak speak to your mates, catch up, and sometimes everything's fine, in which case you're gonna have a good catch up anyway. Yeah. So the worst that can happen is that you help your mate because they're not in a good way. Right, that's <laughs> yeah, that's the result of a, of a bad catch-up is that you've actually helped someone because they're not okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, do you think a part of it is um, not seeing 
your whole worth as a rugby player, not just identifying completely as a rugby player. Like you mentioned there when you're younger, I've certainly been there too. And you're not playing at the weekend, therefore everything's wrong. You know, all things are awful and you get injured and it's just all because of you, the rugby player. Yeah. So that's, I, I keep mentioning, I keep mentioning whilst, but there's nothing wrong with the club. It was just the time where I was struggling with my identity. Um, something that caught me off guard. <laughs> my wife was like, have you told your best friend you're struggling? And I was like, no, why would I do that? <laughs> She's like, what do you mean? You speak every week. <laughs> You've been friends since you were 15. You should probably tell them. And I did, and they drove up from London that week. First time we've been speaking for 10 years, and not once had we been like, look, I'm struggling. Now we know if the group goes quiet, <laughs> it's a big indicator that something's off. You chat and chat, and the group goes quiet for two, three weeks, and you're like, guys, you're right. <laughs> and then someone mm. be like, work's, work's been a bit stressful. I got a mate that's a property surveyor, and another mate that more creative works music acting they're all they all have their stresses people have work they got heavy workloads they got work-life balance but i yeah when i realized i hadn't even told my best friends i felt i'm not sure what what i thought <laughs> was going to help me but i did and they they drove up straight away and they just said please let us know and now they're open they let me know i let them know and it's just yeah it shouldn't doesn't need to be all all sunshine to have a good friendship because right now now we help each other which is which is really nice um so back to your back to your point on um the self-worth when i moved to was it it was a point where i moved away from family and my friends so i ended up in a bubble so I would usually see my school friends would go to the cinema, go bowling, they would speak about life and I would kind of get perspective without knowing it. I would be, I would step outside of the rugby bubble. But taking those away, I didn't realize the effect it would have. So I was yeah, living alone and only hanging out with, with my rugby friends, which is all good and well, but you're a group of elite athletes and everything is just... <laughs> high and you all you talk about is is what you do the game at the weekend everything else and you get caught and I got to a point where I just stopped really talking I'm like well I'm not really playing so <laughs> my opinion doesn't really matter I'm a rugby player but I don't play rugby so what is it so um what's really important is that you <laughs> Whatever you did when you were younger or at school, you keep that balance. So we all loved rugby at school because we had school and rugby was a release from school. But when you do rugby, rugby effectively, my school was all good and fun, but rugby becomes school. It becomes the main focus. So you need to have something outside of rugby. You need to think back to what your interests were what your interests are that you've you've neglected because your interests are who you are and if you brush those aside and get lost and put everything in into rugby and you're not playing 
you can feel really bad about yourself. So now, like, first of all, I am, I am Guy, <laughs> I am me. Secondly, I'm a rugby player. So I can speak to people, catch up and do whatever else. Whether I'm playing or not, you're speaking to me. So it's just about having having interest outside of outside of rugby. So like kind of like out there, but I write children's books. <laughs> like that's I write them for my nephews and nieces. I've written them for teammates' kids. Um but I'm like it's all kind of based around mental health. There are messages behind it. And I'm kind of on the the path where I would like to get them published. Because um linking back to mental health, people find it hard to speak because it's not it's not normal when you're younger. Mm. And by the time you're say a teenager or thirteen, fourteen, I know when there have been people that have come in to speak about mental health. Ah, oh, talk about your feelings. At that point, you've already got kids going, Oh, don't talk about your feelings. Oh, don't be soft. Yeah. Too late. So if you can got an idea to basically put these these messages in these stories of mental health to be open and look out for each other in kids like four to four to eight growing up. So it's normal for them. If they read those books when they're younger and it's in their mind as they're growing up, when you come in to give them more information when they're well, 12, 13, 14, 15, they're like, ah, oh, this is in the books I used to read. Like it's, this is normal. And they, well, the hope is that it normalizes it when they're younger so that when they grow up, they're like, yeah, this is fine. I read this. This is somewhere in my mind from somewhere. So it's like a long project, but I've got, I've got a plan. <laughs> it's a, yeah, a plan to, make it normal so when people grow up it's still normal and asking a mate how they are is normal and to be honest is is a good thing whether you're feeling good or not yeah that's unreal um fair play yeah, writing books that's class and uh so what's the plan with uh getting them published or like so you can push them further out are you gonna go after that um so the upside about rugby is that there is a lot of downtime. Um, so it's, it's just about trying to use that. I got the odd days when I'll do nothing because because it happens. <laughs> so sure. those those days happen. But um, just for everything, it's just about asking for help. <laughs> like it's it's weird, but I didn't didn't used to. Um, now it's just about asking for help. And what I've realized is that if you're, if whoever you ask can't help, they'll put you in touch with someone that can. So one of the boys I played over at Ealing was like, oh, I think he's got a cousin that works in publishing. Put me in touch and within the week, I just had this list of information. She's like, oh, I subscribe to this for the year. It's got, got publishers, authors, anyone that, that wants to help. They use this hashtag they can it's just a very welcoming community there's there's a webinar on this was on wednesday um and they just kind of for an hour spoke about how publishing worked and and what 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 they did what their roles were and um was it there was there was an apprenticeship 
for a month, which I think if I was in England, I definitely would have applied for it. They just said, you don't need a degree. You just need to tell your story because it's all about storytelling and getting a different point of view and not, not to leave anything out that you think is, is irrelevant because the chances are that it's not. So your selling point is yourself. And I think you can really, really take confidence in that no one has lived your life. So everyone you meet knows something that you don't like that's mm. <laughs> that, that's 100%. it so it's gave me confidence that my story is why <laughs> why i can help in a certain point of view or just kind of chat about chat about what's happened or what people might want to do moving forward so that it's um yeah, it's nice that you, it's not all about studying. It's my life experience has formed me and because of moving around, seeing seeing what I've seen and being at the clubs I've been at, I used to feel lost and kind of envious of people that have been at clubs for 10 years. I'm like, oh, that must be nice, like family. But moving to all these clubs, I've met a great amount of people and got married last year. And one of my mates said, if this is everyone you've met and you've kept close to you at this age, you're, I think you're doing pretty well in life. And I was like, these are good people. Like, I'm surrounded by good people. <laughs> and, but I took, took that for granted before that I've, yeah, I've been able to meet a lot of people and just listen to their stories. And I've, yeah, I've just been really grateful to, to meet who I've met so it's it's been cool I'm definitely one of the pluses of rugby is that you meet people from all over the world that have done all sorts of things so just kind of just be open to listening and see what they've done because you're going to meet some really interesting people yeah um a couple of things there that were uh great is the first one asking for help like you mentioned uh it's something that only a couple of years ago I started doing like I think when you're younger maybe it's a uh, men more so the women but it's like you think you can do everything yourself and you you just try and do everything yourself and once again that's nearly you nearly see that as a bit of a sign of weakness somehow I don't know I certainly kind of think I did and but yeah just asking people for help with different things and and it's incredible like people want to help you know and and then the other one with them just being in the habit of talking just all the time like you know say if you're one two three percent off just having a chat with your friends and it doesn't have to be you know it doesn't have to be when you kind of hit rock bottom or when you because I've, I've certainly had tough times as well and um, it doesn't have to be when you're at the bottom that you then decide oh i'll talk but it's you know just constantly like i'm feeling a little bit off or like you say having your friends and going to cinema and just chatting and work stressful these things it helps so much doesn't it just 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 chatting for you know three four minutes or whatever just offloading a little bit yeah there are things that if you think we did growing up at school go to school up until 18 or go to uni but every day in between lessons you you would catch up with your friends and to stop doing that once you leave school will obviously have an effect on you but you don't realize at the time you're like, oh, school to school but what you did at school was communicate with your friends all the time. It was just normal. You'd walk to school together between lessons, everything else. 
it was just felt normal. But yeah, as you grow up, it's, I'd say, harder to do as an adult because you meant to have it together. And like you said, it can be, can be shown as a sign of weakness if you need help, but it's not. So it's something, something I heard, you can either go through the long-winded route of trying to learn how to do it, or you can ask someone for help that knows how to do it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Use your strengths and get help with your weaknesses. <laughs> Don't be embarrassed about whatever they might be. Yeah, 100%. You don't need to let on that you know everything and can do everything and that you're this uh, superhuman, you know. It's like, yeah, once again, I listen to people like uh, entrepreneurs or people, whatever, and everyone, that's a key thing. It's like, you know, you surround yourself with good people. You don't need to know it all. You ask this person, ask that person. That's another thing I coach now, and it's it's the same thing. It's like, you know, you coach a certain area and you you don't need to know it all. You can ask your players, you can ask the other coaches and same as a player you know someone else can know something you ask them and it's it's yeah it's kind of in all aspects of life the more you the more you lean on other people's expertise the more you learn the easier it is and yeah for sure yeah yeah it's okay to ask for help <laughs> yeah that's pretty much it and it yeah does not just rugby with life with anything like people have great ideas and when they become successful i'm pretty sure someone else does their accounts <laughs> yeah exactly exactly they, just, they don't do it all yeah 100 percent. great point yeah. yeah what's been your most enjoyable period playing um my year at london welsh that was that was good i came back from came back from a knee injury had a coach that believed in me i was back healthy i was back fit had a good good group of boys and like we just we just enjoyed ourselves like it was we just did things together like it was normal we'd have family night once a week make dinner someone would cook a main someone would bring a dessert and we'd just just sit around and chat the weekends just kind of have a good catch up we just it was very yeah open yeah communicate a lot we didn't make the playoffs, but we had a good laugh. <laughs> we won the British and Irish Cup. So, like, <laughs> it was good fun. It was good fun, but I still I still speak to, that was seven years ago, and I'm still good mates with those people. <laughs> so it wasn't just, yeah, it wasn't just rugby. It was, it was the people involved. Yeah. Yeah, nice one. And um, then just lastly, before we go, thanks a million for your time. But um, the two, I see Instagram that you're ambassador for, Giver Rock and Blokes, um, how did you get involved with them? Um, so first of all, it was Blokes. So my brother Dylan does some coaching for his academy at Staines. And someone there asked him if he wanted to do the mental health stuff. And um, he kind of thought about it a bit, but he thought of me when when they asked. He was like, I think you should speak to my brother. So he put me in touch with it. And it was, yeah, it was around the point where I was like, they're probably not going to care about what I have to say. So, but yeah, first response. And then I'm like, 
yeah, why not? So I did it and now I'm just becoming more open with it and just spreading the word. And every now and then I'll see someone repost what I posted. They won't say anything directly, but I can see that it's <laughs> it's spreading out. So that's good. And give a ruck. Um, they just reached out as well. So it was really good as well. Yeah, reached out and said, look, we saw that the um that you have an interest in in mental health and well being, and if, if you just want to help, basically help spread the word because that's you can do really help spread the word and if people get in touch with you then just if you can help yeah well you should <laughs> if you can then why wouldn't you so yeah I'm just at the moment trying to trying to help where I can and basically have confidence in myself to to kind of be be better with it or just yeah just have confidence in myself. Like even speaking to you today, I'm ignoring about it. I'm like, mm. my mate said, if you've got, you've got a story to tell, so just tell it. And it's not about helping the millions; it's about helping the one. So I was like, okay. <laughs> and then I, yeah, reply to you. I was like, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. No, thanks, Emil, and uh, fair play for for getting involved with those Instagrams and like sharing those. Like I saw something there a couple of days ago I reshared it like I can't remember it was about speaking or something and it's something that I care deeply about as well and uh, a big reason why I started this podcast is because when I was younger you know just like getting dropped all these different things being on rep teams then not and just going through the the mill or whatever and just I just didn't have any I never heard from any professionals or anyone like it was just post-match interviews is all yeah. when I was 10 years ago 12 years ago and I I didn't know that anyone else struggled I saw my idols on the tv and just assumed that all of them had a straight direct path to to the top with no setbacks they never didn't believe in themselves they never doubted themselves you know and so then whenever I had a setback it was just like you know <laughs> the worst in the world everything's awful and and then I just learned as I went got older and I played with more people and I saw things and experienced life it's that I just realized like everyone no matter who it is everyone the, the best player in the world struggles with confidence and you know people have different stories and I just felt that I would have benefited so much 10-12 years ago hearing from the likes yourself and just all these different rugby players just hearing their stories and just so that's um yeah, it's kind of why I do this and just thank you so much for jumping on and yeah, sharing yours. All right, what you're doing is awesome. And like you just said, it's just, it's the information that people need and like, this is the best, best way to get it. Like this information is going to be there on Spotify or where, wherever this yeah. goes, it's going to be accessible and people can listen in their own time and take what they want from it. So yeah, mate, what you're, what you're doing is awesome. hope you enjoyed the chat if you did would you please send it on to some friends and share it on social media on twitter instagram or linkedin if you enjoyed it and learned something in it you never know who else you could help impact by sharing it and i'd be really grateful if you did that cheers to bill chamberlain who left a rating and a review on apple Podcasts. 
Just saying really enjoying the pods and the perspective. Keep it coming. Really appreciate that. And would you please now just take one minute to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Just let me know what you liked about this episode or the pod in general. Really means a lot to me. I love seeing your thoughts and it also helps others find the podcast with the algorithm. Before I go, just want to say hats off to Guy for speaking so openly as he did about the struggles he's had. As far as I know, the kind of things he's been through are actually so, so common. But yeah, we don't really talk about them because it's difficult. But spreading awareness like he's doing with the different organizations he is involved in and here in the pod is incredible because... It allows others to see that people at the top level can really struggle too. And it also gives others confidence to maybe chat to a friend when they're feeling down to best deal with their own mental health struggles. Or chat to some a professional or chat to some chat to anybody really. Um so yeah, unreal courage and strength from Guy and was a real pleasure getting to chat with him. As you probably know, I'm a one-man band here making the pod, and if you enjoy the podcast and would like to support me in making it, I have a Patreon page where you can give me the price of a coffee each month. And when you sign up, I'll also let you know who's coming up on the pod. And you can let me know if there's anything you'd like me to chat with them about. I want to keep making the pod because I want to help young players by bringing these stories to light, essentially, but... It does take me like six, seven hours, maybe a little bit more each week to put the podcast out. So any support is really greatly appreciated. My Instagram is at offfieldrugby. There I share clips from the pod and content around mental skills and performance. Essentially insights into how you can be your best self on the field. Please give me a follow there if that's something you're interested in. And... Your journey in rugby can be incredible. It can be absolutely the most enjoyable and exhilarating thing you will ever do in life. And you can have some amazing experiences and meet some brilliant people. But it certainly isn't without its challenges. I now mentor young players. So if you're ambitious, love playing, want help in getting to your next level, and don't want to have regrets down the line thinking you could have done more, then send me a DM on Instagram at offfieldrugby or else an email on offfieldrugby at gmail.com and we'll have a chat. Also, if you're the parent of a player, feel free to reach out and yeah, we can have a chat. Thanks a for clicking in today. Have a good one. Cheers.